darkest night Let your love be the shining light Breaking chains that were holding me You sent your son down to set me free Everything in this world will fade I'm pressing on till I see your face I will live that your will be done, Jesus Like this, we're gonna tell him. You are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher. We lift you higher. Say, you are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher. We lift you higher. Your love, your love, your love never ending. Oh.
Anybody overwhelmed this morning? Say it. For it overwhelms and inspires my soul. I never ever. And I never ever have to be afraid. Because one thing is one thing. Woo! Come on, it remains. And with your hands lifted, we're going to say this together. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. So your love.
Metro Praise International. Give 
everything. You gave everything when you gave Jesus. And you Say this. Jesus, we worship you. Your love is so extravagant, oh God. You have an extravagant love for your people. Metro Praise International, our name means city of praise. And when we gather together, we're praising the name of the one and only Son, and his name is Jesus, and he is worthy. And I want to let you know today deeper. He's calling us closer. He doesn't want our leftover energy. He doesn't want our leftover worship. He wants all of it. Because when he comes, he doesn't give us little pieces. He doesn't give us part of his heart. He gives it all. And I want you to lift up your voices. And I want you to raise your hands. And I want, to, I want you to worship the name that is above every name. Because at the name of Jesus, will confess and every knee will bow and say that he is Lord.
Awesome, powerful presence of the Lord in this house today. Who's excited they came to church? Come on. I'm going to preach the gospel to you this morning. For those that may not know who I am, my name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. And we want to welcome you to our service. And I want to preach the gospel to you today from Romans 1, verses 16 through 17. And this message is for those of you who do not know Jesus, you have not been born again, or you were at one point. You did live for God. You had a relationship with him, but you walked away. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. I want to let you know today that there is no shame in the gospel. We have the Savior and the creator of the world who left the glory of heaven to come to earth to take our place, to die a gruesome death on the cross so that we can experience life, so that we can be redeemed, so that his blood can wash us clean. And the Bible says that in that gospel, in this gospel, there is the power of God to bring salvation to you if you were to believe. And it has to come through faith. You cannot explain it away. You cannot argue it away. It comes through faith and the word of God and who Jesus is. And if you accept this, the righteousness of God is revealed to you. So I want to let you know, will you allow the power of God to bring salvation to you today? Because the gospel is the good news that Jesus came to take your place. And yes, bad things happen to good people. That's why he came. So all the tragedy, all the turmoil, all the things that we experience on this life, we were never meant to experience it alone. He always desired communion with us. He always desired a relationship with us. But we messed it up, and he had to come and fix it. So with all eyes closed all across this room, I want you to think about where you are in your walk with God today, and you know if you have to get right. You're the one that knows if you need to surrender to his will, surrender to this power of God to bring you salvation. Because the Bible says that today is the day for salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. So as I begin to pray for you, I want you to come into agreement. If you know you want to get right or you've never been right before, you've never experienced or heard this message, Jesus is calling your name today. God, I thank you for your power and your presence in this place. I thank you that the power of God is displayed in the gospel and that salvation comes to those who believe. And Lord, we will decide to walk by faith. And I pray for every single person in this room who are, who's at a crossroads, that they will choose you, that they will choose life, that they will deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow you no matter the cost, oh God, because you paid it all for us. So I pray, Lord God, that by your loving kindness, you would draw all men unto repentance in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Please stand up to your feet with me. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise because he is worthy and he is good and he is awesome. If you came into agreement with that prayer, you know you want to get right with God. I want you to, during our fellowship time, to meet with our prayer workers, Daryl and Catherine. There are some of our deacons here, and they'll lead you in prayer. They'll pray for you, and they'll teach you how to get plugged into the church for discipleship here because you're not meant to walk uh, this journey by yourself. So please join them during the fellowship time if you have any questions or need prayer. At this time, we're going to confess our confession of faith. The reason why we do this every week is because this is our Christian worldview. So we join in with our brothers and sisters all across the earth. And we say, this is what we stand upon. So if you're with me, let's recite it on the count of three. One, two, three. 
I believe in one God and creator who is the Father's Son and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes, plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Woo! Spend some time fellowshipping. Give somebody a hug. Welcome them to Metro Praise International today.
All right. Welcome, everybody, to Metro Praise International. You guys can find your way back to your seats. Give your last hug and high five. Don't you feel the love here at MPI? Don't you love love? Amen. It's good to see everybody here, especially a lot of our visitors. We, we want to welcome you to Metro Praise International. Thank you for joining us this morning for our first service. On behalf of all the leaders and the pastors, we want to welcome you back. So get plugged in, get connected. Our services here are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. So we have King's Kids in the back for our children, ages infant to 11 years old. And then we have Elevate Fridays at 7 p.m. every week for students 11 to 18 years old. God is doing awesome things. They're blowing it up for God. We have the best youth uh, directors and leaders, and God's just doing awesome things. So if you're in that age group and this is your first time here, meet them on Friday nights. Who's excited about the Boricua Fest? Woo! Come on. The Puerto Rican Festival Outreach is right around the corner. And as a church, we're preparing, we're planning. We're so excited for all that God is going to do this year. This is our annual outreach. It's going to be our 11th year. And uh, it's going to be June 18th at 9 a.m. Meet here at the church. We'll do all that we have to do to prep. And then we're hitting the streets. So it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Make it a priority. Take off of work. Trust that God's going to provide for you, and you will not be disappointed. We want to show you a video in preparation because uh, it's right around the corner, so be encouraged by this. Amen. Give it up one more time. So get excited. Get prepared. It's going to be amazing. So come on out and see what God will do in you and through you because we are called to reach Chicago. We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our city. Amen. Come on. MPI has a vision, a strategy, and a goal. Our vision is loving God and loving people. And we strive to do that with everything inside of us. The two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. 
And then our strategy is connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to the church and to the, to the Lord through our life groups. Then we want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 books. And then we want to send you out to do evangelism, to preach the gospel on the streets. And our goal through all that is to have 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. Who gets excited when they hear that every week? Come on. We don't just say it just to say it. We're believing that God's going to move in us and through us. So look to your neighbor say, it's time to get connected. We want to connect you through our life groups. We have leaders that have opened up their schedules and homes and um, just so many different things to make you feel connected, to pull you in, to be a part of the church. So kicking it off this week, we have Sunday Single Moms Today meeting at 5.30 p.m. They have child care providers, so if you're a single mom, join them today. It's a powerful time. Wednesday, we have our King's Kids, infant to fifth grade, 6.30 here at the church every week. We have Royal Rangers Boys Club, Impact Girls Club. It's our time. Uh, it's the time for our children to be uh, ministered to, and this is their life group. So they get excited. We have awesome children's workers. So parents, bring your kids if they're in that age group. Thursday, we have our gang outreach. It's for 18 years and up, 7 p.m., meet at that address. A lot more people are joining. I'm seeing the faces that are out there. God is moving on the streets of our city, guys, so be a part of it. And every week on Fridays, we have two adult Bible studies. One is at the Govea's house, the other one at the Vivid's house. You have to be 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Get refreshed throughout the week. Come into the fellowship of other believers, brothers and sisters in the Lord, that are going to encourage you and be there and walk through that with you. So if you want the schedule for the whole quarter, turn your hand out around. You'll see all the times and places and the different types of life groups that we have throughout the month. This was just a snapshot for this week alone. Somebody say, what, what? Now it's time to get mentored. So if you're new here and you don't know about our discipleship process or you've been coming for a while, we want to encourage you, get mentored. Find a leader that's going to pour into your life so that you can grow in your walk with God. And our 101 book is called Welcome to Your New Life. That is done one-on-one -on -one with a leader who walks with you, who challenges you, who teaches you, answers your questions, and just really pushes and encourages you to be all that God has called you to be. And when you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class that's disciples that make disciples. We have a Sunday morning class, Thursday evening class, where we train you to be a leader in the church to one day be ordained as a deacon or an elder. Somebody say send. Then we want to send you out to do evangelism, to preach the gospel on the streets. And every Saturday, you have an opportunity to do that with the church as a whole from 5 to 8 p.m. Meet here on Saturday, right now to the PR Fest. They're going to be in Humboldt Park, so join them if you want to get prepared. If you've never done it, you're a little nervous, practice makes perfect. Look to your neighbor, say, practice makes perfect. So if you've never done it, all you got to do is just do it. The Bible says, and I say it every week, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed, and he who wins souls is wise. So let's go out there in power. And that's just one of the many times of evangelism that we have. Uh, life groups do it, all those times and dates with the life groups. So be a part of the evangelism efforts that we have, uh, the ability and the honor that we have to co-labor with Christ on the earth to preach the gospel, to spread his news. Because how many of you guys believe that Jesus is coming back? And he is coming back soon. It is our responsibility to let the people to let people know that they must know Jesus to be saved. Come on. Who's excited to prepare to give their tithes and offerings this morning? Come on. You guys are such a generous church. Here at MPI, we believe that a tithe is 10% of your total income given regularly to the church. And an offering is above the tithe, which we designate towards missions and towards the building fund. And we'll get into the details of that in just a moment. Let's turn to our lesson. 
our giving book lesson today. We are on section two of the book. This book is called Disciples Giving Book. You could go to givingbook.org, and you could look at all the lessons. We have one lesson for every week out of the year. Today is section two, lesson seven, offerings result in thanksgiving. The offering is a gift to God after our tithe. We're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians 9.11. You can look up at the screen, 2 Corinthians 9.11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Somebody say every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Let's read the two main points from that scripture. Number one, thanksgiving. People give thanks to God when they benefit from offerings given to God. For example, the Christians who receive the missions offering in the form of Bibles, books, and supplies give thanks to God because other disciples help them. So all of our efforts as we give to the mission fund, and Joe shared with you guys a few weeks ago all the mission uh, monies and where they go in the different countries that we're supporting, our generosity is welling up in a thanksgiving to God because they know that other disciples across the world are providing for their needs. Isn't that an awesome thing? Especially when we get to live in America, a country of abundance, it's just so powerful that we can encourage other saints to give thanks to God for meeting their needs through us. That is an honor. Number two, the golden rule. How thankful would you be if someone gave offerings to help your family in time of need? Imagine if your home was destroyed in a hurricane and people came from around the country with offerings from their church to help rebuild your home. How thankful would you be? Therefore, make happen for others what you would want happened for you. So we want to have a prayer where it's like, God, help me to be generous on every occasion. And it's going to be a sacrifice. As we learned a couple weeks ago, offerings are a sacrifice unto God. So sometimes it won't come easy, but when we have a cheerful heart, a heart of generosity, God uses us, blesses us so that we can be a blessing. Not to be hoarders like we learned last week, but to release the blessing through our hands. So in summary, whenever we give offerings to the work of God, whether it's to missions, charity, the church, etc., it will always result in thanksgiving to God. How many of you guys are thankful for all that God is doing through us on the mission field and in the building fund alone just in this season? Isn't that awesome? So here's the application. Number one, be a faithful tither. Number two, prayerfully ask God to lead you in giving generous offerings to the work of God. And number three, always be thankful that you get to help others. So if that gets you excited, let's confess this together on the count of three. One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. If you're ready to give the Lord your tithes and offerings this morning, please stand up to your feet as we prepare to give the Lord our best. This is, a, this is an extension of our worship out to him as well. Again, MPI believes that a tithe is 10% of our total income given regularly to the church. We designate uh, the offering towards missions and towards building. And if you look on the envelope, you could put specific amounts on each category so we could allocate the funds properly. At MPI, there's four ways that you could give. As it comes up. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes in the back. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You can see Pastor Griselda if you would like to use your debit or credit card today to do that. 
And number four, you could go online and use Chase QuickPay, PayPal, or BillPay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Isn't that awesome? So many different ways, making it convenient for you. We want to let you guys know that our building fund for the rest of the year is for our soul-winning summer. Who's excited about that? We cannot talk about it enough. And I just want to brag on you guys for a little bit, MPI, because you are so generous. We have such a generous people that just in two weeks from joining, uh, you know, coming into the second building fund for the rest of the year, it is coming in abundance. So we want to thank you. We want to encourage you guys to keep giving to the Lord because how many of you guys notice the awesome sound system? Did you guys hear the crisp sounds of that keyboard and the musicians that are just coming up, that worship experience, praising the Lord, and our guest pastor, Pastor Brandon, who is actually going to be preaching for us today as well. But the anointing and the giftings on this man of God's life is unparalleled, and we are so thankful for God steering us in this direction and taking our worship ministry to another level. So we want to say thank you. Let's be excited. If you haven't joined us, we want you to pray, to partner, to give, because we're going to be changing Chicago and the world one soul at a time. So those are the dates for this summer. Those Sundays, Pastor Brandon is going to be with us, okay? So we want to keep blowing it up, keep inviting your friends, even in between those Sundays. And we just want God to show up and show off in our midst in this season because we want Chicago to know Jesus. Somebody say Chicago for Jesus. Come on. Let's recite this together. Philippians 4.18. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your abundance. We thank you for your faithfulness, oh God. We want to learn from you, your heart of generosity, because you gave first. And I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to bless your people to be a blessing. I pray that everything that you give to us, that it would go through our hands, that, that increase would continue to come, that favor, oh God, would be in our jobs, increase prosperity, oh God, raises on the job. I pray that you would open doors of employment, God, for those that are looking for, for jobs. I pray that you would bless your people, that they would not be in need, that they would trust you, oh God, that all their needs would be met according to your glorious riches. So we give you our tithe, we give you our offering. I pray that you would multiply it that would bring glory to your name in this city and the nations of the earth. And everybody said amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. We thank you so much for your generosity. Please come forward as you give this morning. Amen. How many ready to get it on? Say woo woo. Aren't you guys happy to be in church this morning? Come on, somebody say amen. Let me get a glory to God. Come on, let me get a hallelujah. Now it's my turn to sing a little bit. 
No, man, I want to tell you it's such an honor to have Brandon Holt with us. God has given us a vision for the whole summer into fall, and your support is making the difference. The sound system above your head, making the difference. Filling in this section here, waiting for them to be packed by the end of summer. How many want to see these side sections filled by the end of summer? Amen. And, and my goal for the second service, we've been averaging around 50 or 60. I want to get around the 75 mark. Amen. Because God is showing up there as well. And so I just want to thank all of our visitors for being here. I'm Joe Wyrosik. That was my wife. And we're so excited about this summer. And as we partner to give here, I want you to know that it's going to change lives. Boricua Fest coming up, man, that's going to change people's lives. Father's Day, haven't even told you all about that. But we're going to have steak dinner for our fathers right outside during the baptisms. It is going to be amazing. We're going to have an all-nations dinner in the middle of July while we celebrate our freedom. We're going to ask you to bring meals from all the different nations that you represent or just a favorite cuisine you like. Then back to school. Do you know that right now our two ministries on Wednesday and Friday, Wednesday is children and Friday is young people. Do you know that they almost have 150 combined? Wednesday had 60 kids come out, and this Friday just passed 72 young people. Come on, somebody. We're going to be giving away school supplies, and then Pastor Steve will be preaching for us in September, and the youth will be doing a lot of presentations, and then October when everybody's thinking about death and Halloween, we're going to think about Jesus. So I just want to ask you, partner with us, believe with us. You're seeing what God is doing today. When my brother gets done tweeting, you're going to see what he has to give. He is going to bring an awesome word to you. I want to give a couple shout-outs, though they may not be here today, but I want you to applaud for them and give God glory to Real Church and Brother Rocky over there who helped install the speakers. Can we get it up for Real Church? Amen. I want to give it up for my hermano, Carlos. Carlos, would you stand? He did all the electrical work. Come on, Carlos. Gloria a Dios. Gracias, Senor. Gracias, sir. We love you. He, he ran all the electrical so we could plug in directly up there. All the electrical. Done. Amen. And I want to thank uh, Andrew and Daryl and the other sound men. If you were a sound guy and did a lot of the work this weekend, would you get uh, stand up right now? We're going to clap for you guys. Come on, Daryl, stand up. Amen. Thank you. I've literally been here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, nonstop. I've been here nonstop. What did you want to say? Oh, Vinny. Let's give it up for Vinny. I'm sorry. Vinny Barbarino. Vinny Barbarino. Hey, oh. Literally, Vinny can play any instrument. You saw him playing the bass. He plays the drums. He'll be one of our main keyboardists. I'm just excited. I know God has something special for us. I just want to say this before Brandon comes and preaches. I want to preach before he preaches. Can I do that? I just want to give you one of my introductions, a 40-minute introduction. <laughs> half kid, half kid. I just want to say this from my heart, that this is what God is doing in the church because of what he's doing in your lives. And for some of you haven't experienced an increase yet, and that's okay. But there's been a lot of people here over the years that have been believing God for breakthroughs. And I'm looking around at them, and their jobs are coming through, their marriages are coming through, their children are serving God. And that's why the church is being blessed right now, because the people are being blessed. So don't get jelly if you're in the midst of a trial or a test. Just keep believing God for your breakthrough. Amen. Sow your seed and reap a harvest, not just financially, but sow your time, sow your love, sow your generosity. 
One of the greatest blessings I get to do with my wife is go street evangelizing on Wednesdays. It's one of the ten times we go out. Saturdays for main training, but there's a lot of other opportunities. But anyways, when I go around and serve this community, I see the need for what we're doing here. Amen? There needs to be a vision that's lifted higher. People need to see there's more than what they see on these streets. Let me say it like this. There's hope beyond the scope of human limitation. Amen? Today we are going to hear from the man of God of faith and power for the hour. It is going to be on worship. What is the title of the sermon? Now is the time. Let's give it up for Brother Brandon Holt. Now is the time. Amen. Amen. I'm going to sing a song real quick. Is that all right? Is that okay with everybody? As uh, I was asking and praying and seeking God, uh, when Pastor Joe invited me to preach, which, you know, for me is significant. Because in the 12 years that I've known him, this will be the first time I've got to speak, <laughs> which is good. You know, I had to go through a process, and I love that about him. You know, he is very careful about who he allows to pour into you. So if you're at this church, you need to take appreciation in the fact that your pastor and your shepherd literally takes that as a very serious thing. Amen so many preachers who will let any shyster get up and speak, and then they got to come in and spend weeks correcting bad theology and ignorance, but you got a man of God who's like, nah, unless you understand what we believe, you ain't going to feed my sheep, and I love that about him, amen? Isn't that a great place to be? And so when he asked me to, to speak, I was just very humbled and grateful and honored, and, um, and then he told me, you know, he wanted me to speak on my favorite thing. For the last 12 years, God has just been forging in my life what it means to be a worshiper. And I think that it's very evident in the gifting, the anointing, and what happens when I open my mouth to worship. And it's not because I'm great. And I just want to say that to everybody here. The reason you felt the glory of God this morning is not because of how good I am. It's because of how faithful God is that every time I get to open my mouth publicly, he blesses because I've been faithful privately. I want you to hear that again. God blesses publicly because I've been faithful privately. And it's the same for you. And I just believe God's calling us to this understanding of worship. So 12 years ago at 18, I guess it's not even 13 years ago now, I wrote a song that is just a cry of my heart. I just want to sing that before I speak this morning. Is that okay? If you have my CD, uh, bless the Lord, thank you. If you don't, there's three of them available online. You can go get them today at brandonholtmusic.com. And, uh, but this is the first single uh, I released. It just simply says this, less of me, more of you.
until there's less of me and more, more of your power, more of your glory, more of your righteousness and holiness in my life, more of your kindness, more of your spirit, Lord, my heart's desire is less of me and more. Oh, 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 Ah, anybody feel the glory? 
Thank you, Jesus, for your, your faithfulness, Lord. Isn't he just good? Has he been good to anybody but me? Like, this dude is the bomb. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it works. <laughs> I'm not used to it in so long like this. <coughs> so, as I, like I said earlier, I believe that the Lord gave me a word for MPI. Is that okay? And I believe it's going to shift everything. I, the way God has worked all of this out has been amazing to not only myself, but to Pastor Joe, Pastor Nancy. I mean, if you understood the background story of how we have solidified that I'm going to be here for six months, coming once a month and pouring into the team and everything that God did to work it, it was a faith process. Amen. And even in the midst as leaders where we kind of lost sight and we're looking at the natural and going, we don't know how this is going to work, so probably we just need to kind of regroup. And I'm telling you, <laughs> it was so funny because uh, uh, I had come in from hanging out with someone uh, up in the suburbs. And, you know, Pastor Joe does his Pastor Joe thing where he texts me and he's like, brother, can we have a meeting in the living room, please? <laughs> and so I'm like, in my mind, I'm going, dude, it's like midnight. I'm sleepy. I'm leaving in the morning. Like, what, what we need to talk about? And so it's him and Nancy, and I'm sitting on the couch, and he's like, brother, after looking over the budget, I just don't see. I don't think we're going to be able to do this, these factors here, brother. I just, you know, man, I'm just... And, dude, as soon as I heard that, is it okay, is this is okay, right? I'm t I just felt the glory of God rise up in me and go, no. I do not take reality at reality. Because I believe that as we dreamt this, as God birthed this in our spirit, that the presence of God was all over it. And we all were like, that's undeniable. And so what happens so many times is when God gives you dreams and visions, you cannot begin to look at what the natural says about what God has put inside of you. You hear what I'm saying? Some of you have got big visions, and if you don't have big visions, I encourage you to tap into a place in the spirit where God begins to birth big visions in you. Amen? He wants to put dreams inside of you because he wants to show you what his plans are. The Bible says that I know the plans I have for you. They're not to harm you, but they are to what? Prosper you. He wants to take you to another level. He loves you just where you're at. That's the gospel of Jesus. He accepts you right where you're at. You ain't got to do nothing. There is nothing you could ever do that would make him love you any more than he already loves you. That's why Jesus came. If you could read your Bible enough, then Jesus could have stayed in heaven. If you could pray enough, Jesus could have stayed in heaven. If you could witness on the streets enough, Jesus could have stayed in heaven. But there's nothing you can do to earn his love. It's already freely given. Now you must freely receive it. But he says, I refuse to allow you to stay complacent because I sent my son so that you could have what? Abundant life. Now, I'm not twisting it like a lot of the prosperity preachers in our country twist it. I believe you're prosperous, but I don't always believe that's financially so. There's many ways we prosper in life, amen, because Jesus came to complete everything. So the work that he started in you, the Bible says that he's faithful to finish. So God put a dream inside of us, and we started looking at the natural. But you know what I did? I said, let faith arise. In spite of what we see, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. I choose to trust you. 
No matter what I feel, let faith arise. Anybody heard that song? You need to go get that by Chris McClarney. The second verse says this, let faith arise, for my champion's not dead. He is alive, Woo! and he already knows my every need, and surely he will come and rescue me. So I looked at Pastor Joe. I said, no, sir, I don't accept this, because I believe that God is going to provide every need. We say it every day, or every Sunday, Philippians 4, we just quoted it. I believe that the Lord shall supply what? Every need according to what? My riches, according to my ability, according to what I can do? No, according to his ability. And most of the leadership know the rest of the story. They come in Saturday, they share vision, and everybody goes, boom, yes, this is what we need. And so here I am. I'm doing a 40-minute intro myself. So as soon as I get the phone call, he says, brother, 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 that first Sunday, May 22nd, brother, that's on the calendar. <laughs> I just always go back to like 1980s Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage with Pastor Joe. <laughs> Anybody else? Am I the only one? <laughs> Brother, let me tell you, once I get these 22-inch pythons around the devil's neck, brother, I'm going to choke the life out of him. He ain't got no power. I'm going to go in the street and say, brother, you better get ready because I don't know if I can hear, but Hulkamania is about to come into the streets of Chicago. That's exactly what I <laughs> Am I the only one or is that okay? <laughs> I love him though, right? He's so amazing, and he has been such a great friend. And he says, dude, not only do we want you to come and lead worship, but I want you to preach. And I'm going to tell you this. As soon as I hung up the phone, I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's a setup. <laughs> but not for me. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you've been set up today. Because <laughs> the Bible says we're going to be held accountable for the truth that we know. And we're about to drop a truth bomb in this place tonight. And you're going to have to walk out of here knowing that God has spoken something to you. And now you get to choose whether you're going to respond to it correctly. So this ain't just me getting up here being funny and preaching. This is me delivering the word of the Lord to you this morning. Are you ready? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm ready. Here we go. The time is now. Say the time is now. John 4 verse 23 says this, but the time is coming and indeed is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. This is going to be just the, 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 the crux verse for us today. And I want you to understand, if you go back and read the rest of this chapter, who is Jesus talking to at this point? He's talking to a chick that by our standards would have some labels in our day and age. She's a woman at the well. First off, she's a Samaritan. If you know anything about Jewish culture, culture, you understand that Jews thought Samaritans were dogs. You want to talk about racial profiling. Like, we, we think we know racism, but let me tell you something. It was rough back in Jesus' day. So first off, she's a Samaritan. Second off, this chick has not only had one husband. She ain't only had two husbands, three husbands, Four husbands. She's had five husbands. And then Jesus looks at her and says, uh, hey, 
by the way, the dude you're shacking up with right now, you ain't even married to. So you're married to somebody, but you're laying in somebody else's bed. But yet he goes out of his way to meet her, if you understand the story. So he comes to a well, goes out of his way of where he's traveling because he knows he's got to have this moment. And this is why I'm telling you today, get ready. Now's the time. In her life, now was the time. He, in one verse, speaks not only to her future but to her present. He said, the day is coming when worshipers, right, are going to arise. But then he looks at her and says, now is the time. The day is coming let me speak to your future, but let me also speak to your moment right now. Now is the time when true worshipers are going to come up. And what does he say? They're going to worship the Father in what? And in? They're going to worship in what? And in? So I want you to understand what he's doing here. He is giving us a biblical reference for what he considers worship. In your mind, you may think worship's a genre of music at Walmart. Well, I'm going to go to the worship music session. Then I'm going to go find Rihanna. Oh, what? <laughs> whack, whack, whack. Nuh-uh, no, you, you better get some Jesus music on that. The only working you need to do is at McDonald's or wherever you're working at. Amen. That's so funny. She's so good. Hey. <laughs> she is like a little grown-up over there. I love this. It's not just a genre of music. Can I also tell you that worship is not what we just did? It's not just the slow section of the music in church. Praise is fast. Worship is slow. Can y'all tell that me and Pastor Joe are friends? I love it, right? That's not worship. From this biblical encounter, Jesus defines worship as a lifestyle. Jesus. I want you to catch it today because it's going to change everything about how you live. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus in this one encounter with the woman at the well defines worship as a lifestyle. He not only stops her, he says, I know everything about you. I know that you're a little kind of skanky right now. You got five husbands, and now you're already shacking with another dude. We got some terms in our day and age for that. Amen? She's a, mm, you know what I'm saying? Like, we would look at her a little weird up in the church if she came in, right? But here's the reality of who Jesus is. He's like, I don't even care about that. I want to tell you something because I know where you've been. I know where your bondage has been, but I'm about to tell you what your future is. You're going to have an encounter with me. And he tells her, you've been so thirsty, huh? Have you ever known any chicks that are thirsty? Has anybody ever been around some thirsty sisters in the building? I get thirsty sisters coming at me all the time. I'm periscoping now. And I'm telling you, my Facebook inbox has got deleted messages from a lot of thirsty sisters in the, in the world. I had a thirsty sister come up to me about three years ago in uh, Orlando. I was at a conference. And she shakes my hand, and I feel something in it. And I'm just telling you this to let you know there's some thirsty ladies out there. I thought she was giving me what we call a Pentecostal handshake, right? A little check or a little cash, blessing me, hallelujah. No, this was hard. And as I shook her hand, she reaches up and whispers in my ear and says this, you ministered so well to me today that I would love to minister to you tonight. I'm in room 1124. 
She turns and walks away. Now, for those of you who know me a little bit, <laughs> this sister was Puerto Rican, okay? And, uh, <laughs> let me just say that uh, it was, you know, not ugly either. You know what I'm saying? I, as soon as she's walking up in my head, I'm going, Boricua, Morena, Dominicano, Colombiano. And I'm going, what? Oh, 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 oh. Don't hate. Don't hate just because this is white. Don't you think that it's a little different, all right? I'm Hispanic through and through, and I got black man in me. You better just realize that. Woo, all right? Don't let the color fool you, baby. Don't judge the book by its cover. I look down, it's the room key to her room. She's walking away. My friend who's assisting me that weekend goes, dude, did she just give you her room key? I'm like, yeah, throw that away. Because she's thirsty. But Jesus has an encounter with a woman much like that. And you know what he tells her? <laughs> if you drink of this water, you ain't never going to thirst again. And here's what I want you to understand. He's telling her that when you encounter me, that your life has to change so much that everything you thought satisfied you up until this point will never be satisfactory anymore. The standard of living has to change because worship goes beyond what you sing and what music you listen to. It goes into how you live. Woo, is this good? Y'all getting something? This whole encounter was dealing with worship as a lifestyle. Somebody say, now's the time. So I want to share with you just in the next few minutes three things that worship will do for you. Are you ready? If you catch this, if you will pick up what I'm putting down, you're going to walk out of here a different person. Amen? So here we go. The first thing I want to submit to you as what worship will do for you. Worship will take you into your promise. I'm going to say that again because I, I believe somebody in the spirit is going to catch it. Worship will take you into your promise. Let me show you what I mean. Exodus 7.16 says this. This is Moses, and he is talking to Pharaoh, and God tells him, go to Pharaoh and say this. You ready? Exodus 7.16. Then announce to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go. And that's where we usually stop. Let my people go. All the songs, the, the whole... Charlton Heston movie, all of that stuff. Pharaoh, let my people go. But that ain't what Pharaoh said, or that's not what Moses said. He said, let my people go that they may serve. The other translation of that is worship me in the wilderness. That they may worship me in the wilderness. I need you to catch this. The whole reason God delivered the Hebrews out of bondage was so they could learn to worship. So what I propose to you this morning is, before you ever get to your promise, the road from bondage to promise goes through worship. I need you to catch it because some of you are wondering why you ain't reached your promise yet. Some of you are wondering why your dreams hadn't been fulfilled. Can I say to you that it's probably because your lifestyle has not conformed to the lifestyle God has called you to. 
Think about why the first generation of Israelites never entered into the promise. Because their lifestyle was very distant from what God had called them to. He had shown them manna every day. He had led them by smoke in the, uh, the uh, day and fire by night. He had provided water when they were thirsty. And when they get one bad report from 12 dudes or 10 dudes actually, and they're afraid, instead of their life being prosperous, and instead of their life being postured to the call of God to take take the promised land, they walk in fear. And guess what God does? This generation will pass before I allow you into your promise. Living a lifestyle of worship, I need you to catch it. Worship is not your singing. Worship is not your song. That is part of worship. Worship is how you live before the Lord every day when the doors are closed in your room, when nobody's around. You can come here and fake it till you make it all day long, but who are you at home? And you wonder why you haven't walked into promise because you ain't learned to go through worship. Worship will carry you into promise. Some of you have come out of bondage. It's time to learn worship. Because it goes bondage, worship, promise. Worship will carry you to your promise. The second thing. I'm going to be quick today. Is that all right? Because we're going to have some time to respond. Amen? The second thing worship will do is it gets the attention of Jesus. I want you to hear this. Are you ready? Mark chapter 6, verses 48 through 49. Now I want you to understand what's just happened. Jesus sends the disciples on in a boat. And they're toiling and they're rowing and they're trying to get it and they're in a storm. And the Bible says it's the fourth watch of the night. And it says this, Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. And at about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed by them. I want you to get this. Jesus was walking on the water and intended to walk around them, not to them. What caught his attention? When they cried out. Some of you need to learn that to catch the attention of Jesus, you need to open your mouth and cry out. You want to be all reserved in church and act like everything's all nice and cute and you don't want to have snot coming down your nose and tears running down your face. But some of you are in situations in a storm that is just a little too hard for you. It's a little too heavy for you. And you need to learn that if you want the attention of Jesus, worship, the cry of worship is what gets the heart of God. It's a life that says, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of rowing in the storm. I'm tired of having the, the oar in my hand. Jesus, take the wheel, as old Carrie Underwood said. But you want to come in here. You are alive. In a, a, okay. You are uh, like you at the club. Looking all cute, waiting on some dude to come up and be like, yo, ma, what's up, ma? That ain't worship. That is ratchetness, not righteousness. What are we doing? That's my favorite meme. Have y'all seen that one where Jesus is like this? 
And he's like, I said righteousness, not ratchetness. That's my favorite. Some of the older folk are like, oh, ratchetness. What is ratchetness? <laughs> she ratchet? Anyway. The woman at the well was ratchet. But Jesus encountered her. And even in your craziness, even in your little cuteness, Nah, man. You know what he's looking for? Those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Those who will transcend the natural of how you feel. Uh, well, Pastor Brain, you don't understand, man. My personality's quiet, and that's why you need the Holy Ghost. Because Acts 1 and 8 says that power and boldness come upon you when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Can I tell you something? It ain't about who you are or what your personality is. Yeah, God created you for that, and he created you in that. But he also gave you a comforter that will shift that. Well, I can't. Uh, Pastor Brown, I can't go out on the streets on Saturday from 5 to 8. They go into horrible neighborhoods. I don't know how I would ever talk to somebody. It's not you, baby. It's the Holy Ghost. And when you live a life that's submitted unto the Lord, you don't care about how you look or what you think. I had to tell singers yesterday, I'm just going to call you out. You ready? Is that all right? I love you, right? Vinny comes up to me yesterday, and he's like, hey, man. Hey, bro. I'd really like to help. I, I want you to help me sing. Because, you know, I like to sing, but, you know, man, like, I, I would just really like your help. And I was like, okay, cool, dude. We'll set up some Skype sessions while I'm away traveling. I said, real quick, sing for me right now. Then he goes, huh. <laughs> like, right now, there's people over there in the corner. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right now, sing for me. I want to hear you sing. You want my help. You're coming to me asking me for my help. You're asking me to give you my time, which is precious to me, and you want me to help you learn to sing better, but when I ask you to sing, guess what you don't want to do? Sing. We're the same way with the Lord. God Almighty, somebody catch it today. You are going through life asking God to help you, but then God says, well, do this, and guess what you don't want to do? Well, I don't want to plug into the church. I can't, I can't go. God, I've been called more to clean toilets, Lord. Let me tell you something. It might be the act of cleaning the toilet that brings breakthrough in your life. God ain't looking for you to do what you think you need to do. God's looking for you to live a life of worship that's going to bring you from bondage into the promise. I don't understand why we make it so hard in church. But we want God to, to come to our terms. God isn't interested in coming to you on your terms. God is interested in you dying. Why do you think Jesus died on the cross? Not so that you don't have to. He died on the cross to show you how. But we want to come to God like, oh, I need your help, Lord. But I'm not willing to do that. And when Vinny caught it, you know what he did? He sang. And you know what I did? I said, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this. And by Badequa Fest, I want this done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, man, I'm just going, we're going to lift the sheets up today. Is that all right? My girl, my girl Lauren comes to me yesterday. She knows I love her. She's like, man, I just really want to grow in learning how to play the piano. And, you know, I've just had people speaking to my life, and I've just had things that were negative, and it just hurt me, and it scared me, and I, I operate in fear. Is this okay? Because, Lord, the Bible says we're made overcomers by the word of our testimony. 
She's about to overcome some things in the next month. You watch, 30 days, I give it to her. So she's telling me this, and she's like, I used to write songs, and I was singing worship. So you know what I did? I gave her my piano lessons. Gave her. Sold them into her. I could have charged her 30 bucks. They're worth probably 300 bucks. But you know what? I wanted to bless her because I want to see fruit come from this desire, right? So now she has a decision to make. Am I going to sit on what I'm asking God for or am I going to put action to my desire and see fruit come from it? This is what worship is. I told the team yesterday and I told her she has till Badiqua Fest to have three songs written for me on paper. So keep her, keep her accountable, amen? I don't keep things in the dark. We're going to keep things in the light because that's where the glory is, amen? You want to shift your life, you better get some accountability in your life. I've already put it out to everybody that knows me that God told me he's given me a, 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 a Cadillac Escalade. I know that sounds crazy. I'm not that dude. I used to preach against those dudes. But I know what God told me because I'm his son and he's wanting to prove to me that he is a good, good father and that if my daddy can give me good gifts, how much more can he give me good gifts? I need it for ministry. I got an 06 Navigator that's beautiful, but it just hit over 200,000 miles, and it's not going to be able to continue doing the ministry that I do. So I need something, and I, God knows my need, and he's told me, but I'm putting it out as a fleece before the Lord, saying, God, I'm not just going to hold this in. I'm going to put you to work and to test you in my faith, and I'm going to let people know what I feel you told me. So now, God, it's on you, bro. I'm just waiting on somebody to hand me a key. Let me tell you, oh, when that day comes, you want to see a boy jiggle all over the place, all over the parking lot or somewhere, I'm going to give myself a concussion from all this fat moving like crazy because it's going to be a shout that rises up out of this, this belly because he's going to be victorious in what he told me. Amen? It's a lifestyle. There is action. Faith without Works is, how can you say you have faith in Christ, but yet you won't go to work? And then you wonder, you're just like the children of Israel. You're staying in where you should be worshiping, but you really want to go back to bondage because it was a lot easier there. Whoa. Whoa. See, getting to the promise ain't easy because you got to learn to die to yourself. They didn't have to die to themselves when they were in bondage. It was what was normal. God's calling you to the unnormal. He's calling you to soar like an eagle, not cluck like a chicken. Is this all right? All right. The second thing, worship gets the attention of Jesus. He was intending to pass them by, but he heard something. There's a sound that catches the attention of God. You have a sound in you. Say, I have a sound. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Let's go to the third thing. Where's my water? Everybody say water break. Where'd I put my water? Anybody see my water? There it is. Come on, armor bearer. Not just. <laughs> I'm so not used to that. Like He came up. He's like, brother, I'm going to be your armor bearer. Can I carry your uh, iPad up there? Yeah, I guess. I'll let him serve. Hallelujah. I don't mind that. God bless him. 
Even though I can carry it myself, I'm going to let somebody else get a blessing. Amen? You need to get that mentality. I tip people even though I can do what they did for me, like bellhops and stuff. I want to bless them. Why? We're blessed to be a blessing. Amen? The third thing worship will do for you. <laughs> Here it is. Y'all ready? Oh, I'm so ready right now to preach. Worship brings the kingdom of God to earth. <laughs> Let me show you. You ready? The, the disciples say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. <laughs> I love this right here. He's so specific in what he does. Are you here? Listen, catch it. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What did he just do? He put worth on who his name is, right? He began to worship. He started his prayer out with worship. And then look what happens. You ready? Because when you worship... Your kingdom comes, your will is done, where? As it is, worship brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. There is a sound that pulls down the heavens to earth. Jesus taught his disciples, if you really want to fulfill what I've come to do, you're going to need to learn how worship is going to bring what I've been trying to bring this entire time I've been with you. He said, I am the kingdom. He looked at the Pharisees and they said, what's the kingdom look like? He said, the kingdom's been in front of you and you're too stupid to see it. Every time he told a parable, what did he say? The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God. Everything Jesus did was to bring kingdom to earth. Even in our prayer, he taught us to pray kingdom to earth. But he starts it out with worship. Why? Because there is a tie that when worship proceeds, kingdom has to follow. Anybody catching this? Am I preaching good? God wants to bring the kingdom to Chicago. But it's going to be on the back of worshipers. Ah. My God, every time the presence came into a city in the Old Testament, it was upon the shoulders of worshipers. It was the Levites that carried the glory. You need to understand, God has called some worshipers to lift up the ark, to carry the glory of God into your city. There is a sound that brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. There is a sound that gets the attention of Jesus, and he turns, even though he might have intended to walk somewhere else, your sound can bring him into your situation. What does it have, or what does it mean to have kingdom on earth? I'm going to teach for a minute. Is that all right? As I begin to ask the Lord this over the last few years, there's been two major revelations that's been given to me. Ish knows one of them, and he's been waiting on this. To understand what God wants in earth we must understand what it is in heaven so to understand what heaven is like we have to look at the throne room of God now <laughs> in my room I have set my room up to be the place that I dwell right it's where I live it's where I'm enthroned because I have a recliner that I paid about $1,000 for. And it is a big boy recliner. 
I'm six foot six, over 400 pounds. I can't sit in no big lots recliner. Does anybody understand what I'm trying to say here? I'll sit in it for about three days, and then you're going to hear quack. So I got a man seat, right? And I have set my room up that when I sink and sit in the throne of my room, everything is right. I have within reach the remotes to my TV and my Apple TV. I have in reach the control to my fan. I am enthroned in my room. God is the same way. Because he set up a place where his glory dwells. And it's the throne room of his presence. And John got to get caught up into the third heaven and see the throne room. And I just want to give you a description so you understand what the glory of God is like. What we're asking God to do on earth. Are you ready? It's going to change everything. So listen close. In the throne room, there are magical colors, rainbows, lightning, flashes. There's thunderous rolls right above the throne of God. This is what the Bible describes, not Brandon. So if you think, and if you're of the persuasion that we don't need lights and loud sound, you need to read the Bible because that's what God likes. So all of this is just mimicking what God has enthroned himself in. Wow. Why do you think cathedrals use colored stained glass windows? Because it threw light. But then we want to get all religious and technical and legalistic. You better kill that devil. It will keep you from uh, entering into what God wants. Amen? So there's lightning and thunder and loud sound. Then there's these really weird, like Narnia creatures called cherubim and seraphim. Right? And if you go and read their description in Revelation, you will think that Aslan is about to pop out and be like, <laughs> right? Right? He's going to roar, right? It's like, what am I watching? Lord of the Rings here? No, this is the throne room of God. There's this one creature that's, a, I believe, a seraphim that he, he's got the body of an eagle but the head of a man. Like, what in the world? There's this one that's got eyes all over it, right? Everywhere there's eyes. They've got these different body parts and different heads. It's just crazy because God's creative. So if you don't like creativity, you need to ask the Lord to help you get your heart where heaven's at because he's creative. You ever seen a giraffe? Freakiest looking animal ever, right? But guess what? God created it because he is creative in nature. And so we see all these things. Then it says that there's this huge sea of glass before the throne of God where he enthrones himself, right? And standing on the sea of glass is 24 elders. And I can just see them like they're at Care Paravel in, in Narnia. And they're in these great robes and these royal garments, right? They've got these large crowns on their head. And it says that the angels, host, host of angels are flying about. And you know what they're doing, Ish? They're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And as the angels begin to sing holy and begin to ascribe worth to the name of God, guess what happens? The elders look upon his fastness. They look upon his character. They look upon who he is. And all they can do is take their crowns and cast them at the feet of the one whose eyes burn like fire and begin to worship. This is the scene of heaven. So I asked the Lord, because I'm a real critical thinker. I said, hey, God, I need to know something. That's how I talked to the Lord. 
Hey, man, let's chat for a sec. Do those dudes do that because that's all they can do? Like they're robotic? You know what I'm saying? Like, holy. Is that what they're doing? Or do they have a choice? Because that means something to me. You hear what I'm saying? How many's married in here? If your husband or wife told you that they love you because you got a gun to their head, do they really love you? Or do they have a different motive of loving you? But if they love you without force or pressure, that's the most genuine thing ever. I'm just beginning to learn that. It's amazing. It's a great feel to know that someone loves you because they choose to love you. So I asked the Holy Spirit, is it robotic or is it choice? And you want to know what the Holy Ghost said to me? Are you ready? Because it's about to change what we do in here. Are you ready? Say truth bomb coming your way. Here we go. Ready? He says, son, when they look upon who I am and they see my brilliance and my magnificence and everything I am, he says every time they look, they see deeper into my character and have a deeper revelation of who I truly am. And the only thing they can do is respond in worship. So what does it mean when we say heaven come to earth? It means that every time we come in this building and we corporately enter into a time of worship, that if you do not look deeper upon who God is and have a deeper revelation of who his character is and you don't worship harder than you did last Sunday, then you are not fulfilling the call of God as a church and or as a son or daughter. Our desire should be that every time we worship the Lord, that we learn who he is even deeper. It's not about what song we sing or how good it sounds. That's all good and great. I believe God is into excellence. But when you do not deepen your revelation of who he is and know his character better, then worship is not transcending. Because it's when that revelation comes that our life shifts. You hear what I'm saying? I know this ain't preaching. I know it ain't getting you excited, but it's truth. Allow it to penetrate, to plant a seed, to bear root in your life and produce fruit. Amen? Worship brings heaven to earth. I said in, in point two that there's a sound. Everybody say there's a sound. <laughs> I've been studying this. I believe that God's going to have me write a book. I'm still in the middle. But I'm going to give you some basic revelation about sound. You ready? <laughs> now we're going to get excited. Sound is energy. In fact, everything in this world is energy. Uh, uh, string theory physics teaches that everything down to the molecular level is nothing but energy. This microphone. Energy. There is a belief in science that the mass or the weight of the universe is constant. It never changes, right? So even if you die and decay in your grave, you are still the, the sum total of everything you've been, right? So the energy or the, 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 the weight, nothing changes. It's constant. Thring, sti, excuse me. String theory teaches that 
the molecular level of everything is energy. Our whole body is energy, right? Scientists aren't off on that. They just don't see it through the periscope of Jesus, through the lens of Christ. They want to use that to discredit God. But can I tell you, it actually credits the Lord. Because if sound is energy, and we've scientifically proven that sound can change matter and atmosphere, then the Bible is correct in saying that the power of life and death is found in your tongue. Now, we've applied this spiritually, but I want to submit to you this morning that it is not only spiritual, there is power in the physical. There is a video you can go watch. I'm going to show you one in just a second. But there's another video where they take a sound plate, a black sound plate, and they connect it to a, a, a device that creates different sounds and hertz, different wave frequencies, right? And they pour this whole big thing of salt on it. So you just see a bunch of salt on this black plate. And when they begin to put certain frequencies through the plate, geometric shapes begin to form. Because God created sound to be able to uh, uh, completely change and manipulate atmosphere and matter. Oh, Jesus. So there is a sound that is produced out of your body that can physically, not just spiritually, but physically begin to shift the atmosphere and the things around you. So when you come upon a mountain, instead of talking about how big the mountain is, why don't you use that sound to begin to declare how big your God is? Now I want you to see something. Take a look at this video. This is a literal, absolute invention that they're, they're beginning to form right now. Watch this. So these two dudes at George Mason University have created an instrument that uses sound waves to disperse, disperse flame. Oh, I want somebody to catch this today because I believe that there's a generation of worshipers that are rising up right now and they are going to use the sound that God has naturally put in them to begin to lift their voice and create an atmosphere where the flames of hell cannot come against your family. They cannot prevail against the church of Jesus. The flames of hell have to be dispersed. When you open up your mouth and lift up a sound, I dare somebody to stand on your feet right now and begin to give God a shout, a sound that says, Hell, you cannot have Chicago. Hell, you cannot penetrate my family. Hell, you cannot have my finances. You cannot have my children. You cannot have my child. You cannot have my school. Somebody release a sound. It goes beyond how you feel. It goes beyond what you think. It's deeper. 
Come on, lift your hands all across this place. We're going to another level this morning. We're going higher. We're going to invite and invoke heaven to come to earth. Are you ready? Here's what I really want to know. Oh, we just going to stay where you're at because this is way too small. I ain't going to call you out. But as a sign of surrender, we lift our hands to Jesus. And I just want you right now, this ain't emotional. This ain't about a song. It ain't about what tickles your fancy. We're going to press beyond that this morning. And for the next just couple minutes, I just want you to begin to lift your voice and begin to worship the Lord. Come on, fill this room right now. Fill this room. Begin to ascribe worth to the one whose eyes burn like fire. Begin to ascribe worth to his name. Something happens when you begin to release a sound. Come on, Metro Praise. We're going to say that this is the day everything shifts. We're going to say that this is the day. We're going to right now release a sound for Badiqua Fest and for Soul Winning Summer. Come on. This is the beginning of something new. This is the beginning of something greater right now. Come on, over your family, begin to release a sound. Over your children that are wayward right now, begin to release a sound. You may be struggling financially. Begin to release a sound right now. Come on. Don't stop. Press in. Press in. Don't be like the children of Israel. Press into the promise. The promise comes through worship. If you need to surrender your life, if you need to burn some things away, allow the presence of God to begin to burn. Burn away the dross, Jesus. Burn away the dross. Listen, listen, listen. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen, I want you to understand something. Listen to me. Because we're going to go right back to this. But I want you to hear this. The Bible says that our minds are transformed by the Word of God. The Word of God has gone forth today. And there's some of you who have not been living in the promise. There's some of you who have struggled with not getting into the promise because your worship, your lifestyle has not been proceeding of the glory of the promise. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so the Bible says that for that to take place, we must repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Woo. John the Baptist said, repent. What does that mean? To come up here and cry and ask for forgiveness? No. Repentance, the Greek word is metanoia. And it literally means to shift or change the way you think. You have to shift your thinking for there to be action in your life that causes directional shift. Repentance is not I'm walking towards sin and now I say I'm sorry and now I'm walking away. It cannot be directional unless there's a mind shift because directional shift will only last so long without a change in thinking. So the Word of God has transformed, gone forth, and now it needs to shift how you see worship. Some of you need to repent this morning of things in your life that are keeping you from promise. And God says today, now is the time. Say it. Now is the time. Say it. Now is the time. Now if that's you, I want you to throw your hands up right now and begin to cry out to God. God, shift my thinking right now. Shift my thinking right now. Come on. Lift your voice. God, 
I repent this morning. Change my mindset. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, lift your voice. Don't stop now. We're on the precipice of breakthrough. Come on. Come on, MPI. Lift your voice. Begin to cry out with a voice of triumph. Begin to cry out with a voice of repentance unto God. Hey, he's breaking down walls. He's tearing down walls. Hey, yay. Hallelujah. 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 Now listen. I can't scientifically prove this. So I want to give you what I, what I think. Everybody say it's what he thinks. But as I'm understanding the science behind sound, and I begin to research how many were with the children of Israel. Whoo. How many remember, how many remember the story of Jericho? <laughs> Ooh, I think your mind's about to be blown. God tells them in obedience to walk six days around the city without making a noise. Millions, say millions, of people walked without making a noise. On the seventh day, the day of completion, right, the number of God, he says, walk around it six times without making a noise. But on the seventh time, he says, I want you to lift every voice and lift every instrument and watch the walls fall. Now, I'm here to submit to you. I can't prove it biblically, but this is what I just think, understanding physics now. That with the millions of people and instruments lifting their voice, I don't believe it was just a miracle of God that the walls fell. I believe there was a sound released in Jericho of victory, of power, of anointing that began to shake the very foundations of the wall. And the walls came down. So my question is, before we leave here this morning, and before I take my seat, is there a people in Chicago that will lift up a shout of victory that declare that the walls are coming down? You can do better than that. Ah, stop, stop. That's all right. That's all right. We're going to try it again. Because I just believe that if you really had revelation that the sound you release at this moment could bring victory in your loved one's life who don't know Jesus. The ones who are or who are engulfed in the flames of hell. And that you could release a sound that quenches the, the darts 
the fiery darts of the enemy over their life and over your life and over your kids' life and over your mom and daddy's life and over your friend's life and brother's life and cousin and auntie and T.O.'s life. I just believe we lift up a greater shout. Is that all right? So I want you to set your mind on the fact that God has scientifically proven that you can release a sound that shuts down flames. And we're going to cry over the city of Chicago right now as an act of obedience and worship that he is about to release his glory. Is anybody ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Lift up a shout. the sound, a sound of glory, a sound of worship, a sound of revival. A sound of awakening. The walls are coming down. The walls are coming down. Yeah. Yeah. The walls are coming down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, listen. I'm sorry. I was ready to take my seat, but this is what the Holy Ghost is saying right now. Jesus has another encounter with the man at the pool of Bethesda. The man had laid there for 38 years practicing a ritual that had no uh, 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 account in reality. And in one encounter, in one moment, what he'd waited on for 38 years, Jesus brought victory to in a moment. I'm telling you right now, this is what I heard the Holy Ghost say as I was standing in the corner. Some of you have been lame. 
Some of you have been waiting for years for God to shift some things in your life, to heal some brokenness in your life. But this is what I declare to you right now. The river of God is flowing in this place. Right here is the river. And if that's you, the Holy Ghost told me you're about to enter into healing and freedom like you've been waiting on. If that's you, I want you to get out of your seat and begin to walk through the river right now. Come on. Somebody come to the river because there is freedom. in the river say it. there's freedom in the river there is freedom in the river there's freedom in the river freedom in the river there's freedom in the river there is freedom in the river say there's freedom in the river now if you believe it lift up a shout A sound, a sound, a sound. 
I got to recoup. This ain't through. This ain't built on me. You don't need me on this mic. This sound is corporate. And I dare you to forget about the time. And I dare you to forget about lunch and the things you've got to do today. Because God is releasing a sound out of this house that's about to not shake just Chicago, not just shake Illinois, but now is the time that we will shake the nations. I dare you to press in right now.
all about the glory of the Lord. Saints of God, keep seeking him right now. I want to ask for the band to bring it up. Band, if you can please come up. There's no need to stop the glory, man. <laughs> Hungry hearts in this place. God will meet it. God will meet it. God is filling it up. Lead us into a song, band, please.
church right now. Come on, lift up your voice and get filled. Now we've been asking for fresh fire. We've been asking for it to burn. Come on, let it burn in you right now. Shut up, Akuta. Come on. New tongues. New tongues right now. New languages right now. A fresh touch, Lord. Shut up, Akuta. Jesus, 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 you said that when the Holy Spirit would come, fire would come, and that would be our source of power would be our source of boldness. We're so tired of violence in this city. We're so tired of corruption. We're so tired of the brokenness in families. We need your fire. And we need your fire for more than just a few moments, more than just in a church service. We need it, God, when we go home. We need it when we go to work. We need your fire everywhere we go this week. We need you, Jesus. Fill us up so we can be poured out. Fill me up so I can be poured out. Oh, fill me up so I can be poured out. Come on. Say, fill me up. Would you fill me up? Oh, so I can be poured out. Would you say, won't you fill me up? few more times, won't you? Oh, God, I need you. I need you. Oh, I got to pour it out to my family, God. Oh, I got to pour it out to this city, Lord.
How many believe it today? North side, west side, south side, baby. Come on, one more time, Chicago. Chicago. For Jesus. Chicago. Now let out a shout of praise. Hallelujah. by the hand. We're going to pray like a family. Woo, I feel Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We are a family. Can you give me that oh, just the rhythm of Chicago for Jesus as an oh in the background. Oh. Right now, we are a family of warriors. Just look up at me, please, in an attitude of prayer. How many are ready to whip the devil? How many are tired of his lies? How many are tired of seeing his kingdom come, right, like it is in hell? It's time to see the kingdom of God. Come on this earth as it is in heaven. Come on. I want the youth director, Steve Ramos, to close us out. Come on. We're going to leave out of here on fire today. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord. For greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world, Lord. God, you have put revival inside of us, God. Let us open up our mouth, God, and speak in faith, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that Chicago is for Jesus. God, have your way in this place, God, and let us spoo out into the streets, God. Let us spoo out into the high schools. Let us spoo out into the homes of families that are broken. God, be glorified in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen and amen. Give it up to Jesus. Slap somebody high five and say, I'll meet you on the battlefield. Amen. You got the victory. Go win some souls. God bless you this week. I'll meet you on the battlefield, soldier. Woo! I'll meet you on the battlefield. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a great day. Second service is at 1 o'clock. Tell your friends to be here. Woo! Glory out.